Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollock. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Allie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Welcome back. You're laughing already. Welcome back to Plan P, the podcast. You ready for another week? Because we are, because practicing is good. (laughs) And this week we're going to talk about, you know, when help is not helpful. Because Mm. I've been talking with people about how much to help, how much not to help. When is it helpful? When is it not helpful? (sighs) That's a hard one. (laughs) can I just say I want to help it's my default setting I want to help you and I just heard and maybe we've referenced this in another podcast because you know it's that who Harrison was as a toddler is who he was as a teen I want to do it my wealth my wealth I do it my wealth I don't want your help right I don't want you to help yeah no they're they're learning independence at both right both that toddler and teen age. Yes. And as teens, it feels more urgent that we help as parents. A lot of parents that we talk to, right? Yeah, well, I think that's an illusion. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we feel like it's more urgent and bigger. Uh, but I think it's actually that we have less control. And that that's what drives the urgency. Right. We want to help them live the life that we think they should live. Yeah. And we're sure that they're going to, you know, if they don't do what we think, they're going to pay for it for the rest of their lives. I mean, I think that's sort of where the urgency feels like it's coming from. It's not reality based. It's, oh, they're slipping out of my control. I've got to grab them back kind of thing. Right. And this comes in all manner, right? I I get often like... So you're saying I shouldn't help them? <laughs> no, never help them again is not what we're saying. I think often our help comes with expectations, right? About what they'll do with the help or, you know, it's it's the story. I don't know where I've heard this story. So I don't know whether it's something that actually happened or I'm sure it has happened in the world. Um, <laughs> Probably. Know, <laughs> in that you lend somebody money because they need you know they Mm. express some need and then they use the money for something else and you're incredibly disappointed but as soon as you've given them that money it's it's their money to do with what they want but i think that that's part of the thing right if somebody asks you for money for a specific reason yeah but maybe they just asked for money well, that's, and also have this thing going on in their life. Ah, we're back to clear communication. Right. And so with our kids, if they ask for money, do we ask them what it's for? Maybe. I mean, I think a lot of people 
make assumptions about what it would be used for or don't think they really care until it gets used for something they don't like. I mean, I think that that's a frequent thing. Like money's whole point is to stand in for other things. Mm, currency. Yeah. It stands in for support sometimes. We often, especially as parents, give help assuming without talking about it, an outcome, the outcome that we would want. Ah, our hopes and dreams. Right. Our expectation. Well, I want them to be happy. As a doctor or a lawyer, you know, like, right. I, Not I want understanding. them to be happy doing what I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because they are in this transitional stage of their life. How do they know what's going to make them happy? Yeah, and often, certainly at this age, because they haven't started, I mean, they're only beginning to start to understand planning and, you know, that executive function is what's coming online. It's the immediate need that they're filling. I remember getting a clothing allowance, right, which was supposed to last me a month, which always did because I didn't buy a lot of clothes, but um, it was to help me learn to budget, right? But really, I spent that in all sorts of air quote crazy ways because I was feeding an instant gratification, not planning. For instance, parents of children who are um, juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. I want to give them help to get do well in the SAT. Right. I'm not supposed to do that, Sarah. Do they want it? Well, and it's also what kind of help? Well, a tutor. Yeah. I don't know if the child wants it. Like, this is where the opportunity to sort of, I think, with the emerging adult, mm -hmm. say, you've got this coming up. There are tutors out there if you want help. And if they don't want help, uh, they're not going to do well. And what does that mean? Well, they won't get into a good... I mean, the implications right. of them not accepting my help and what not knowing what's best for them. And I just want to say... These are tricky years because sometimes I'm going to give you this. It's going to help you. And sometimes it's helpful, right? Yeah. Is it controlling? Because they're in this transitional time where they aren't fully developed. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's helpful. Maybe it's not. I mean, it's. It, I think that that's the, is it trying to control my expectation is what I hear you saying. Right. That's what I think think is often at the root of um, trying to control is that I have an expectation and I might not know that I have the expectation. I want them to do well, right? but doing well is often, and we don't think of it this way because it seems just, of course, of course I want them to do well. Of course, that means I want them to go to a good school or I want them to be able to have a career later in life. You know, you always hear about the people who are pre-med because their parents want them to be doctors. Now, that's not because their parents are thinking, I want a doctor in the families to, you know, mm. because they'll be happy as a doctor. It's, it's, I mean, at least when it's talked about, it's always they want the doctor because they want them to be professional and they want them to be wealthy and, and have a good, a quote unquote, good life. Right. And I think that that cuts across. I mean, I think you mentioned the other day that a lot of immigrants. Right. It's no. a measure of success that is tangible. And and there's an expectation that 
feels like it's just that you want them to be happy, but the expectation is actually much more narrow than we, than we even recognize is all I'm saying. And I mean, it's interesting because some people will use me as an example, <laughs> want what's best for my children. Mm-hmm. And do you I, know what's best for your I children? I have no idea what's best for my children. <laughs> well, which gives us brings us back to, and I know we used this in a previous podcast, the answer on the application. What do you want to be when you grow up? Happy. Happy. Right. Right. And we think we know as parents, particularly parents of adolescents who are doing things which don't seem very wise to their future happiness. Right. It feels very important that we and I'm using air quotes based on this conversation, help them, set them straight, get them on the right path and on and on and on. And I think that it's a really great opportunity to find that middle ground Mm -hmm. because they are still teens, adolescents. So they're still finding their way. They're trying to figure out the, the best way to get up. Right. And they want that, and what we forget in all of this, they want that as well. They don't want to not succeed. They're afraid of certain things sometimes, perhaps, but we're afraid as well. And so then we get in this sort of parallel path of afraid they're not going to succeed. Right. And we are the parents, so we want to help them succeed. And sometimes a SAT tutor is a really good idea. And sometimes it's not. Right. And having the conversation can, could probably, I think we got an SAT tutor for one and not the other. I don't remember any SAT tutors. Allie definitely got an SAT tutor. And Allie was, you know, on the road towards college in a different way than Harrison, who, as we've discussed in the past, we were having look at colleges when there was no indicator that they might graduate from high school. <laughs> So what was going to be helpful for one kid wasn't necessarily going to be helpful for the other. Right. And I don't know whether we asked either one of them at all any about that. But I'm also reminded in that toddler to teens way of watching my cousin say to her toddler grandchild, well, as they were trying to scale the rock climbing wall that couldn't probably have scaled. They just weren't, they literally weren't big enough. Right. But she said, well, maybe you want to try this one. I mean, and that was helpful, but also giving them an option. Yeah. Without telling them how to do it or what they should be doing. They were helping. They were going to be there in case the kid fell. The kid actually tried this way, tried that way, tried to put their leg up there and their leg up there and their hand there and was like, you know what? This isn't, this just isn't working. I mean, it was really interesting to watch. We're going to name her because I got permission to use Hannah's name. (laughs) (laughs) Like to watch her and her daughter, Molly, who is a young mother, navigate helping and seeing their child, seeing this child for who they are, which was, you know what? They need to go and run around a little. Right in the middle of breakfast. They just need that. And that's okay. They're in a new setting and they're a toddler. If we could only see teens in that clear way of what they need. Yeah. But what they need is much more complicated. Yeah. It's much more complicated, but it's, I think that if we step back and don't come in swooping, helpful, Mm -hmm. anticipating that they need to get to the top 
in order to feel success. That, you know, I know someone who became a doctor and like years later, maybe 10, 20 years into doctoring said, oh, I only did this because I think this is what my parents wanted me to do. I don't even remember whether her parents, I mean, she came from maybe doctors. Right. Like a lot of doctors breed doctors. Right. Some of them. We mostly breed what we do. I have no idea what the percentages would be, but you see a lot of actors whose parents act. You see Mm. a lot of lawyers whose parents were lawyers. You see a lot of, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I think it's another podcast. Yeah. No data. Right. But I think you do what you see, right? So you see how that works and that makes it seem achievable in a different way. Well, I think there's some modeling there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to do what my parents do. Yeah, absolutely. So helping, how do we help our teen children get through their teen years by showing them where they can maybe step and then stepping back? Right. And you know, that the thing that's so hard about that is that we want to smooth the path. Mm. We want to fix the problem. We've been doing it a long time. So, of course, we want to keep doing that. But now is the time where it's it's good to step back and let them figure out how to smooth the path or walk around the obstacle or... Or finish the paper themselves or not finish it. Right. It's natural consequences sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you do it for them, how yeah. do they feel success? Right. It's And it can be as simple as letting them decide whether they're going to stay up late to finish ah, the paper. Right. right. Or just giving them permission to stay up late or go to bed and not have it finished. Like to choose, because neither one of those is going to be a perfect answer. Staying up late can blow the whole next day. Not having the paper completed can blow the whole next day. You know. Oh, no, no. If they don't turn it in... That's going to blow the whole next year. I think that's part of where we go. I'm sure it is part of where we go. So I got to help them. I got to prod them. I got to make them coffee. I got to look it over for them. If they want me to edit it, I'll edit it. I mean, we can go. And I'm here to say I didn't actually do any of that. Mm -hmm. But I know parents who have. Yeah, sure. So I think that part of the helping not being helpful is that we future trip. If they don't, it's not just the next day it's not just this year it's their whole life right so there are two things that i'm responding to in that one is right and have them make these mistakes in high school where Mm -hmm. it really isn't the rest of their life where it really is just maybe the grade in that semester or the you know maybe they'll have to do summer school yeah i got away with not doing stuff and having very little consequence getting it in the next day, you know, yeah, in high school, school. Yeah. But That's... in high school, you can also often tell your teachers, Oh, I, I didn't do my t- budget, my time, right. I will have it to you tomorrow. Sometimes they'll take that. Some of them will, most of them will. We went to different schools. Uh, <laughs> there uh, were consequences. Yeah. No, I'm sort of basing that actually on Harrison's, Hmm. He had one teacher who wouldn't have taken that. Right. But I remember him saying that teacher was particularly hmm. strict. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm out and of I my And I loved depth. my strict teacher. 
boundaries. Yes. They exactly. have clear boundaries. You don't get it in. No. And I think that there were consequences like if you don't get in the first day, you get this many, you get this many. Knocked if off. you're four yeah. days late, you might as well not turn it in. So, yeah. Anyway, in high school, they are used to dealing with kids who are figuring out how to do this stuff. So the consequences aren't even the the consequences that they hand out are probably less. Dire. Well, whatever. I think that this is the thing that parents forget, which is that sometimes the consequences are quote unquote dire. Mm-hmm. They may be asked to leave the school. They may be kicked out, not even asked. And we over-dramatize those. Right. We make those into dire consequences rather than opportunities to talk to the kid and find another school that meets them better. You know, what would help them? Yeah. Because helping them isn't always helpful. <laughs> I think that's what you said. Yeah. Mm. Well, that goes back to the beginning. I think help often has expectations. Right. Right. And the expectation is. You you're going to get into a good college. You're going to get into a college. <laughs> you're going to want to go to college. Right. There's so many more options than we, in our limited experience of where we think mm-hmm. they're going next. And it's not even where we think they're going next. It's where we want them to go next. Right. Ah, yes. Because clarifying, even in these little ways, we have desires about their future. Yeah. Depends on the situation completely. Right. And in that helping them way, well, they'll be happier if they have that two bedroom apartment, I'm going to help them. Right. And is that helpful? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. And depends on what strings you have attached to that help. Well, I'm going to want to use that second bedroom sometime so you can, (laughs) (laughs) I I made that up. I'm not, I don't know anyone who's actually in, I know people who help their kids with rent Mm -hmm. and some of them, are so a hundred, like there is just complete peace. They're like, yep, this is what I want to do. I mean, I know people who, you know, they're trying to save up to buy a house while they're pregnant and they're living in their home with their parents. Sometimes it's an in-law, sometimes it's actually in the home with their parents. And for those families, no problem. Right. They got no, it's, it's, and they are helping them. They're helping them build a future. The kids have a plan. They're saving this money for X. They're not spending it on rent. Mm -hmm. There actually are no problems. And there are other parents who they're living with them and they want to help them out. And the parents are like, I want them out. I want them out. They're making me crazy. And I don't know how the kids are feeling, but my sense is that they probably sense that as well. So helping can be helpful and it can be controlling. Right. I think that's why it's a tricky balance. The other thing about being helpful or not being helpful is around self-esteem. Right. Are you giving them the opportunity to build their self-esteem? Right. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like if you're doing it all for them, you're not actually helping them feel the success that one can feel and also the pain of falling. Right. I failed because we go to shaming. We, a culture, yes. we individuals sometimes, well, and sometimes like, how can I help you do better next time rather than how can you help yourself? What would you like to do differently? How does that feel? Right. You know, sometimes kids will ask for help. Sometimes they won't, but 
they can't feel success unless we let them feel also the other side of that the, yeah the failure how do you know right if you've always succeeded at everything because it's been the sm way has been made smooth for you it's a false sense of security and i've read somewhere can't remember where that that often those kids when faced with adversity give up yeah don't know what to do yeah some of that building resiliency and self-esteem comes from the very painful thing of watching them fail. Failure can be burning the dinner and it can be oversalting it. You know, it, right. like there's a whole spectrum. Right. Of and there's so many opportunities to let them do things for themselves. I am remembering a very, 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 very small wool sweater that <laughs> Allie brought this sweater. I think I, I can almost see Allie walking into our bedroom with a tiny sweater <laughs> that looked like maybe would fit a newborn. Maybe it was for a doll. Maybe would fit on a doll. It was so small. It was beyond felted because they had taken some sweater that they really liked and weren't they they were doing their own laundry. Yeah. And they said, I believe. I think this sweater is smaller than my shoes. <laughs> like they learned. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I told them, yeah, you can wash those sweaters if you wash it in cold water and lay it flat to dry. <laughs> and what they missed was cold water and don't put it in the dryer. Right. And I think it was probably a thrift shop sweater. So it wasn't <laughs> a great loss. I don't know about you. I've lost a few things in the laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> just turn them red. I, mean, I was going to say, or there was that series of things that used to be white. Yeah. And honest, <laughs> I did that, I think, in the pandemic. I had a bunch of white shirts and, and something had some red on it. And now I have a bunch of pink shirts and slowly one by one, I'm like, I really liked them when they were white. <laughs> I like a few pink things in my wardrobe, but that shirt just doesn't work in pink. Yeah. I'm more a white girl. What can I say? <laughs> I like white. I like black. I'm pretty simple. Um, so yeah, letting them take risks. I mean, these are the riskiers too, right? Right. Letting them see what it feels like. The executive function is what they're building. So right. these are the times when they are going to take risks that will teach them where the boundaries are. Right. And in that help way, as parents, letting them know universally, like in all the ways, right? If you ever need help, I'm here. Not coming in at every juncture and saying, do you, you need help? Did you put cold? Did you do it in cold water? Did you lay it flat? Would you like some help? And this is that thing also about every parent ever. And I'm, maybe we've just said this so many times in real life and never in a podcast, or maybe we've said it in a podcast. <laughs> I lose track. The parents who say, you're going to do what you're going to do. You're in high school. Mm -hmm. If you ever don't feel safe, just call me. I'll ask you no questions. And I know a few parents whose kids have actually done that. Right. And I know lots of parents whose kids have never done that and they're fine. Mm -hmm. That would be our kids. Our kids never called in the middle of the night because... They had KC. Right. They had KC Jones. 
Well, Allie had Casey Jones and Harrison managed to get himself home across town and often without the same possessions he started the <laughs> evening with. <laughs> there might have been mishaps along the way, um, but they got home safely. Right. And was that a guarantee? No. Did we offer to pick them up? Yes. Would there have been consequences to that? I told them no, and I think I would have been honest about that, but I wasn't so trustworthy. Yeah in my crazy times. Well, yeah, I think without a, a basis of trust, he didn't trust that you... That the help wouldn't come with strings. Yeah. Yep. No, we have to be careful of those strings because we don't know we're attaching them and, and yet they're there sometimes. Right. So the goal is really to just be honest, not tell them how to do everything, not well, be super helpful because it's I was controlling. Say, the goal is to... Give a, have a little distance, pay attention, but from mm. a little distance. Right. So that they have the space to ask you for help. Right. Or to try without asking you for help. Right. And you only need to save them from the things that will kill them. <laughs> right. And what I heard you saying also was pay attention. Yes. If you're paying attention, you know when they really do need help and they're not asking for it. Mm. Right. I mean, that's sort of where we got to and he was not changing and we were not changing and something needed to change. Right. I mean, I was scared. Yeah. For his well being. There were lots of signs that he right. was struggling. Right. And we tried to be helpful, move to the school, tried right. to be helpful, move to that school, try and be helpful. We didn't, all we saw was struggling and we didn't, really understand what the struggle was. And and that's where I think having other people who are helpful, who you can bat things around with, who aren't either one extreme over dramatic, mm -hmm. aren't over helpful, bring them to me. <laughs> well, I also think you want to have people that you talk to who don't have a dog in the fight, right? right. I mean, one of the problems with consulting with family members is that they also have expectations and hopes and right you know even for not their kids but and lots their... of opinions no yes. end i mean i work with parents who oh my goodness the opinions of the family members i i think actually with hindsight i'm like oh my parents were pretty cool my sister said nothing basic i mean she didn't have she's like mm, sounds really hard <laughs> Family is a is always a little bit harder than other things because they do have what I call a dog in the fight. They do have some desire. Yeah. And I'm thinking about Casey Jones, who Allie spent a lot of time in the basement. Casey Jones being the parent. Allie spent a lot of time in Casey Jones' basement mm -hmm. doing nefarious things like smoking weed and drinking alcohol and who knows mm -hmm. what else. And when we told Casey that we were thinking about sending Harrison away, Casey first was sort of like, that seems extreme, but also trusted us to know our kid and cried a little. Mm. Like I'll never forget that dinner because he, he trusted us to be making I mean, that was a really, I'd never, ever, ever thought about this, but that was a really profoundly validating for me. Mm. 
because Casey wasn't questioning. He trusted that we knew our kids mm. and that this was a hard thing in that moment, even though he didn't really have a connection to Harrison. He had a yeah. connection to us right. and to Harrison's siblings. Right. So the practice for this week mm -hmm. is to let your kids trip, mm. give them enough space, let them make the mistakes they need to make now. Right. While you're standing over there at the edge of the playground. Right. I mean, it really is when they're little, I remember either one, both of them, right? They're on the playground. Some kid pushes them or they just trip because kids trip on playgrounds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember being like looking sort of side eye at them, glancing out of the corner of my eye to see if they're okay. And they would look up sometimes. Did she see me? And if I saw them, they would burst into tears. You know, uh -huh. and sometimes they would think I didn't see. They'd look up. They'd look over me. They'd see me engaged in conversation and they'd get up and try again. Did I mention at the beginning of this podcast? This is hard. Finding where to help, where not to help. How much control do we want? Right. Or do we want to be helpful? That's yeah. up to us. So the practice is letting them drip. So let them cook dinner this week. <laughs> let them burn dinner this week. <laughs> well, really what we're saying. <laughs> let them learn. Let them right. learn. Let them learn through mistakes. Yep. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes and practice. To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at planp.us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.